Get some water. And an All-Star Game Cup. I didn't go, but I they still have leftover from the uh, the All-Star Game, so... Or did you get it at the Marley's game? Mm-hmm. Because they played at Scotiabank uh, instead of at uh, Coca-Cola Coliseum. Oh, yesterday? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, they do three games a year at uh, Scotiabank for different, like, events. This one was for Family Day. Uh, they had one before. That was for, like, Christmassy kind of. I think the next one's just, like, Easter. No, next one's St. Patrick's Day. So, like, a specialty, a specialty game or event, they'll throw it over at uh, Scotiabank, which is pretty sweet. I mean, Devin Levi had a 53-save fucking amazing butt-sucking event, so... Well, welcome, everybody. There's your cold open to the Tukey Steak Podcast as you learn a little bit about the Toronto Marlies and Devin Levi, although you probably already knew he was good, unless you're a very depressed Sabres fan that's upset he's not just a little bit better, much like the Sabres in general. I'm back Oko with Endo and Dorantz. We are back. Ken after, was here now. Hi. <laughs> after an entire... Uh, weeks delay from me being a terrible friend, but also a good friend. I will explain. So okay. I, I did the solo show at the end of last week, explaining, well, Sins in Finland, so that complicated our schedule. And Endo was ready all week. Yep. <laughs> but I couldn't make things happen. And I explained that, oh, hey, we, we couldn't get the, the show lined up because I screwed up my sleep schedule to be a good friend. Um... You know, I mentioned the uh, AEW event that's going to be in Boston next month and uh, how I had to stay awake to make sure I could secure tickets. So uh, a buddy of mine that's going through a rough time could have a bit of an escape. Um, so that happened, but then that totally screwed us out of doing a podcast together last week. And uh, I was a bad friend to you to be a good friend to somebody else. And I'm not sorry, but I'm kind of sorry, but I'm not sorry because I did miss eh. talking to you last week in this format. It's okay. I just, I'll just harass you in chat about how you mispronounce uh, certain words in uh, things, you know, like uh, goaltender, well, now AHL goaltender, uh, Kazimir Kaskasuo. I used to say Cassie Kuso, whatever. <laughs> Cassie Kuso. How do you say it? How do you say it? Cassie Kuso. I always heard Kaski Suo, but it's I guess ca- people are going with Kaski Suo now. Yeah. Uh, it's mm. funny because he was um, uh, Habs fan TV, like the the guys who go around talking to the Habs players and everything. One of the guys was like, "Man, we suck. We need to call up that uh, that AHL guy, Cassie Cuso." And Cassie <laughs> <laughs> was wife uh, Whitney, who's a, a great follow on um, on Instagram, TikTok, or whatever. She she made a joke about that. So then she's like, "That's got to be his next player name." So then I hop on the NHL twenty four. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to troll a little bit. And I made like Kaskasua's last full name, Cassie Kuso, like with the hyphen Kuso. And she was like, I'm going to get that on a jersey. I'm like, go for it. (laughs) It's good. Oh, man. The only interaction I told you this too. the only interaction I have ever had with him was he randomly DM'd me on Twitter one day. (laughs) And he's like, hey, you don't happen to have my hut card, do you? I guess he was looking to do something con. He, he was looking to do something content-wise for like NHL 22. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's the only interaction I've ever had with that guy. 
I've um, messaged him a few times. Um, I think the one, the my favorite interaction was after the game. He looked, there was a giant scrum in the Marley's end, and like, two, like it was like two nothing, and they're just going at each other. And then I just pan the camera over to him, just chilling on the net, arm on the sleeve over here. And I'm like <laughs> unbothered, like flourishing, like uh, what is it? What's that meme where it's like unbothered, um, uh, like nourishing, moisturized, like flourished or whatever. And then he responds. I was like, I'm just tired, man. I'm like, this was the first period. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, but my my another interaction I had with him, just to go off another tangent, is he was streaming like stuff on Twitch because he got a partnership with the Leafs. And he's how I got a few contacts with the MLSC and all that, whatever. Um he was like you're just practicing it. I got to play with him, which is pretty cool. And then I'm an idiot. I'm like, oh, so you're getting some ice time? He's like, yeah, you know, I get some ice, whatever. You know, this is during lockdown. I've been shut down. I'm like, oh, so, yeah, so where are you playing? He's like, you know, I can't answer that. I'm like, right. I'm sorry. I'll shut up now. <laughs> yeah, good guy. <sighs> well, I always love to hear stories of your, uh, your goalie experiences one way or another. Yeah. And... I was going to wait, but I honestly want to know your thoughts on this now before we get into viewer questions. Imagine this. We're actually going to start off an episode of this podcast by talking about hockey. Did you see the Jordan Bennington incident that led to a $5,000 fine? Yes, I saw it. The uh, guy was going behind the net. I think it was Latang going around, going behind the net, went in front, and Bennington elbowed him in the face. I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> Is it? Not this particular incident that I'm referring to. Okay. So they were playing the St. Louis Blues. And Jake Neighbors went around the back of the net. And <sighs> Jordan Binning, the knob of Jordan Binnington's stick hit him that being jake neighbors oh in the face okay, i, I just it. linked it to you unless you're looking at it now um, my question to you as someone who essentially plays goalie on a daily basis was that intentional because 100%. my outside my outside opinion is no 100 percent, 100 percent intentional really looking back at it right now he know he looks over at the beginning of the video you sent me. He looks over to Evangelista, right? Mm. He's on uh, he's on the right side of the net. He looks over Evangelista. He goes over there, looks back over, knows that Evangelista is coming right around. Raises his hand, raises his arm up to hit off the post or whatever. It's him square in the mouth. That's on purpose. I've done certain like things in that. I'll be I'll be completely I'll devil's advocate here. I've maybe necessarily like you know embellish certain calls because in my league they don't really call things on goalies so if i get hit in the head i might sell a little bit i typically don't like selling and doing stuff like that i'm not a fucking wwe AEW like wrestling performer i'm a goaltender i'm not gonna sell but if i have to get a call when the ref's not making any calls all game then i'll then i'll do something this right here 100 percent intentional just the way he looks over and checks over and tries to sell it as if he's going to hit his, you know, reset himself off of the post. Uh, it's intentional. 100%. I've seen the way he resets off of the net and everything in previous games. 
never, never does that. So I'm calling it as an intentional act to injure or get in the way of someone. I've done stuff where, you know, uh, a guy body checks my teammate over there and I tap the guy as he's passing by, I tap him on the legs and the guy's pissed the entire game, like yelling at me, screaming or whatever. I'm like, you're going to hit my guy in a non-contact league. I'm going to give you a little something like that. I'm going to stand up for my teammates because they stand up for me as well. Th- this, though, is just stupid. stupid. Two, th- two things from me. One, I don't know why I confused Luke Evangelista with Jake Neighbors, who was a teammate of Jordan. <laughs> <Nathan. laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say, second, wait a second. Is that Bennington is... Uh, <sighs> He's in a tough spot. Now, he was fined $5,000 for this, so it's not like he was suspended or anything like that. He's in a tough spot because I do think that a lot of people view this as him not intentionally doing this. The problem is he no longer has the benefit of the doubt. He just doesn't. Um, It would be the same thing as if there was some similar situation Involving Brad Marchand. You know, no matter what, he is never going to get the benefit of the doubt, even if something was accidental. It'll always be viewed as, no, that was on purpose. Same with Jacob Truba. Same with Tom Wilson. Like, eventually, you lose the benefit of the doubt, and it can kind of skew what a situation looks like. Because even if it was unintentional, if it looks like it could have been, a good amount of people will view it as that. And... You know, I think there are a lot of Blues fans who are very defensive of Jordan Bennington, and I don't necessarily blame them. I mean, he is the goaltender that helped them win their Stanley Cup in 2019, right? Like, you're going to support that player. But at the same time, everybody that's watched hockey over the last couple of years knows that he is the guy to pull a lot of bullshit, the, the fighting, the swinging your stick towards someone's head even if you're not you know even if you're trying to get someone to flinch it's still a dangerous dickhead thing to do yeah because what if you do hit that person in the head or in the face you know intent to injure Uh, kind of thing yeah like he, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt in these situations anymore even if you know maybe in this particular incident it wasn't intentional but i did want your opinion on that from you know, your experiences of, again, playing goalie on a, a daily basis. I mean, it's different, different lower level leagues, but that whole idea is, you know, I saw like the top defense being, you know, oh, he was just looking to do the whole tap the post thing to kind of get his bearings on where he was type of thing. Yeah, you can look at it either way. But again, he just he's not in a position anymore where he gets the benefit of the doubt. And that's yeah. his fault <laughs> for being a shithead. On numerous different occasions. Now about the reset thing, goalies typically just because it's neutral, you want to you want to send yourself in the net when that stuff happens. When you're going to send yourself, he's on the right side, doesn't even move, and then he just puts a stick out. If he was in the middle of the crease and then did the stick thing, I'd understand, but he doesn't, and it's I don't want to say it's out of character, but it's out of his mannerisms from games that I've seen in person where he's played. And games that I've seen on broadcast. Um, because half of the time when I'm watching like hockey games, I'm not even watching it for the actual like play itself. I'm watching it for um because some arenas offer you to have like different camera angles. Like you can have the there's some feeds that have like the three angles where you have the main broadcast and you have the above view camera for both goaltenders, so a heads down display. 
Mm. And then some of them have a six where it's like different cameras along that kind of like style, which is what I used to watch hockey games for just so I can get like a read of how players, like how goalies adjust for like certain shots and certain plays and read it through and, you know, kind of like study like game footage. Right. Cause like, you know, I, I can't afford to go on the ice every goddamn day. So that's why that's how I learn and develop my skills as a subpar beer, beer league goalie. But yeah, it was just not indicative at all with how goalies typically would, you know, reset because he sees them the whole entire way through. And then when he goes behind the net, then he looks over at his teammate. And then as he's looking away, he hits him square in the face or attempted to hit him square in the face. I mean, it is pretty interesting that, um, you know, in watching the play again, he does get him. That being Evangelista. Right in the mouth from the looks of it. Yep. Well, maybe, maybe right in the visor. It's good aim. I would say if he hit him in the mouth, it would be 100% intentional, in my opinion. But the fact that it gets him in the visor is interesting. But I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting play. Endo. How about some viewer questions? Sure. Sure. I was going to say, unless you have anything else to add about how you've been, what you're up to. Uh, no, I'm looking for uh, an, another job because, you know, uh, they took our gerbs. Uh, but uh, besides that, uh, things are going well. Polina just got home, too. So that's a that's a fun factoid of the day as well, too. Hi, Polina. I'm- I'm sure she'll be very happy to know that she doesn't have a story that you've told that she now has to answer for. You know? What was that? I'm sorry, I'm waving to my lady. <laughs> Numerous times while we've been recording, you've told stories that she has then had to walk up and explain, like, well, here's what actually happened. Right. That's not the case this time. Yeah, it's not. We haven't I haven't badmouthed my partner yet, so it's great. Yet. Keyword. Yet. Keyword is yet. All right. Our first question for this lovely show comes from one Scroopy Noopers. We've sent a lot of questions over the years. What is your favorite sub-genre of metal? Heavy, thrash, hair metal, death metal, power metal, new metal. Spelled incorrectly, Scroopy. You put N-E-W. We all know it's N-U. New metal. Pirate metal Ooh. or any other subgenres. He adds, I personally love melodic death metal. Uh, give me some Alestorm, some Scottish pirate metal. Just because of the meme of, of everyone just loving that. Um, uh, I've been listening to a lot of new metal. Because like new metal has like a it's weird like, comeback trail. Yeah, it has like just corn and fucking bit limp biscuit has been like the biggest like resurgence out of all of them because mm. of the meme memeability of them. Mm. What are you doing? I fed her. Don't double feed okay. the cat. She's big enough as it is. <laughs> Sorry, muffin. <laughs> she's not even she's not even fat anymore. We got her. We got her shaven down and trimmed her up. And uh, it's just, she's just a big cat. 
as someone else who um, recently took his cat to the vet, um, he looks gigantic, but the vet's like, oh, he's not overweight. He's just a big cat. Like, that's apparently a real thing. Yeah. You can, you can just be, you can be big boned as a cat. Big boned cat. Yeah. Hey, come show, uh, come show the, the wonderful people your jacket. Yes. Your <laughs> and jacket. now she'll have to tell the story of the jacket. Yeah. Cats. It's like, yeah, on it. so it's got many cats. cats yeah. <laughs> Your two favorite things. And one of those things is literally trying to kill me. And it's not cats. It's math. <laughs> Ridiculous. It's great. Uh, favorite drivers of metal. Um, just regular metal. Um, dad metal. Ooh, dad James, metal. Good. James Hetfield just, yeah. More. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh my god. My favorite um, my favorite meme album is Saint Anger. <laughs> Just banging on a trash can. Oh my god. Hold on. This is like Oh god. What is it? <laughs> that yeah, that that is basically what the drums in Saint Anger sound like. It's insane. Flush it out. You flush it out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my lifestyle God. is my lifestyle is is equal to my death style. No, my lifestyle in. determines my death style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm searching. Have you ever yeah. seen the documentary yeah. about the making of Saint Anger? No. It was uh some kind of monster, which was uh, also a name of one of the songs off the album. It is fucking hilarious. It is just a bunch of dads. <laughs> trying to figure out how the hell to record this album. Uh, I, I highly recommend it for good meme uh, potential. Highly, I think highly my, recommend. my favorite Metallica clip is Lars freaking out. He fucking left the band! <laughs> God! <laughs> 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 oh, God. So, I'm trying to think of how the hell to answer this? Because I think there's there's a little bit of everything, right? Like if you go to the Wikipedia for heavy metal subgenres, there is so much, so so much. Um, you know, in terms of a favorite, I'd probably just go with like standard ass heavy metal. But I listen to thrash metal. I've listened to hair metal. I've listened to basically all of it, but. Like you go to this and it's like, oh, let's talk about alternative metal, which includes like Alice in Chains, which, yeah, I'd describe them more as metal than grunge. Uh, like yeah. Tool is in there and Faith No More and whatever. It's like, yeah, plenty of that. There's funk metal, which. Yeah, who doesn't love funk and who doesn't love metal? So just yeah, clash them together. Living Reggae color. metal. Legends. Yeah. Um, you mentioned new metal. I mean, with the likes of, of yeah. Corn are the kings of new metal. They are. But Limp Bizkit's in there, too. Um, you got you got rap metal, which includes a lot of Skindred's discography. Big fan of that particular band. As you know, you make fun of me all the time for listening to them. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I, I think Skindred's more like more like reggae metal, honestly. 
basically. And it's tremendous. It is. Um, God, you can... Like, basically, the only thing that I don't like metal-wise is the the super harsh vocals. Call it what you will. A lot of people are like, oh, harsh vocals is a, is a dumb thing. But God, Screamo is a great... For you me, don't know a single word they're saying, just fucking. Yeah, see that that's that's where you lose me. Like I get the whole defense of that. It's like, oh well, it's like they're using their voice as an instrument to make sounds that you can't make with actual instruments. Like I respect it. I just think it's shit to listen to. But that's also the point of it is that it's inaccessible to most people. Right, where it's just the the grunting and the growling and the high pitched fucking screaming the whole way through, I'm like ah, I I just I can't do it at that point. I'm 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 too much of a soy boy to handle it at that point. You know, but, I also in that same breath too. Um, I don't know what the scribe pierced the veil as, but just the fucking the when the vocals are super high pitched, it just mm. like throws me off. Like it's you got sick riffs and guys like the sun. It's like why? (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit! (laughs) Drink the poison that I fast the fuck out. (laughs) Tell you about the good life. I just can't. Okay, it sounds it sounds (sighs) fucking sick. Like. But at the same time, the, the the lyrics just I don't know. It's just like the vocal track of it just just kind of fucks me up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I I agree. I guess I think from most of the subgenres of of metal, I think I could pretty much find someone's like, all right, I, I can get into this. Um, but am I immediately going to be going towards the the death grind subgenre? No. <laughs> Am I going? Sorry, it's accurate. It's like a, it's like a fucking, like a, like a, like a dog just on a leash, like a freak on a leash, just going at you, like, like you're at the, like you're trespassing. It's like, oh, best is gonna get you. Just go. <laughs> DMX core. R, R, R. It's what you hear it. Listen. Oh my god. Now I will say. Look, give me a sign. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. There Don't is um so within metal, there there's grind core, which is itself different genres already blended into another genre, right? But there is a subgenre within a subgenre. If grindcore is already a subgenre, there's another subgenre of grindcore called porno grind. And I would like to read the Wikipedia excerpt. Oh god. Porno grind, also known as porno grind, <laughs> just the <little> space <laughs> or porno dash grind. Or porno grind, <laughs> two of the same things, is a musical subgenre of grindcore and death metal, which lyrics typically deal with sexual themes. Oh, Natalie yeah. Purcell's book, Death Metal Music, The Passion and Politics of a Subculture, 
suggests that porno grind is defined solely on the basis of its lyrical content and unique imagery, its focus on pornographic content. Gets better. Purcell notes that bands like Gut, a German grindcore band, uh, include simpler, slower, and more rock-like songs. The artwork for Porno Grind Band's albums is noted for its extreme and potentially offensive nature, which would, quote, keep them out of most stores. An example of the genre is the Sherman Grindcore Band by the name of Cock and Ball Torture. Yeah, buddy. Some of these are hilarious. I'm seeing them. I just looked up porno, porno grind. Great. That's on my fucking search tree now. Thanks, Cody. Um, Cock and Ball Torture. <laughs> Artists, Romy, 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 prop, torso, fuck, and libido <laughs> airbag. <laughs> All one word. Um, and then some songs named as Supreme Genital Goddess, Multiple <laughs> Slave Sex, Anal Sex Terror, and GUT Forever. <laughs> Like if you think those band names are weird, dude. Like just the deathcore genre in general. Band oh names such as fucking uh oh my god, hold on. Dude. Uh, Infant Annihilator, uh yeah. Betty White Titfuck is another name name for a band. <laughs> um I know that one fuck it that one that one gets me all the time too. Yeah. Jude, dude, just like Jude. Uh dude, God, so many fucking names. I'm looking at the uh, the sound of porno grind playlist on Spotify. Oh no! Um, skip about a minute ahead because there's some interesting words in here. If um, you may be sensitive to that sort of thing, too late. Um, now. The number one song on this playlist is a song called "AIDS Cocktail" by Erotic Gore Cunt. The next song is Baptized in Cum Shots by Clitterape. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my god. We have Grind Your Head Off by Razor Rape. Jesus. Co- Coca-Cola Truck by The Spineless Fuckers. Um, Uh-oh. yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> We have Daily Dose of Disappointment by Hyman Holocaust. (laughs) I didn't know Zach Hyman had a band. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Oh, we got different bands with the name Bloody Diarrhea and Vaginal Diarrhea. There's a difference, Um, you know. From Vile Disgust comes the song My Dick is Out of Control. Uh, Truth. This is... This is insane. From Analcoholic comes Come Shot Attack. And uh, maybe the best name of them all, Vaginal Berserker by the band Fucksaw. <laughs> Oh no, better yet. Uh Gore Cry Gore Grind Graveyard by Rectal Smegma. Oh man. Holy <laughs> fuck. Oh, and here's Torso Fuck with Raped by an Elephant. Jesus Christ. Well, I don't know if this is where uh Scroopy thought this was gonna go. But here we are. 
Okay, I am I am closing Spotify. Jesus Christ. Um So yeah, basic heavy metal's dope. Uh listen, listen to new metal. Listen to corn. It sucks. Alright, well, from uh Analcoholic to Penn's fans question. With the passing of CFLer turned actor Carl Weathers, <laughs> who is your favorite pro athlete turned actor? Oh, uh, turn actor? Okay. Um, if you're going to say uh, uh, turn model, it would be Brennan Williams, a.k.a. Uh, Mace. <laughs> Dude, he had a move with him and his, uh, and was it Mansoor? Where it was like two of them doing like a, a like, a, like a, he picked the guy up and then he came over like, it was like a double like body drop. And mm. he's like, what should we name the, uh, the move? <laughs> and I'm like, top to bottom. <laughs> And he liked it. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. That <laughs> oh, was great. So, and like all the wrestling jokes have been just about like being gay and getting back shots. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, it's so great. Oh, it's great. Yeah, he's my favorite. But I mean, like, UFC, like, sorry, uh, wrestler turned actor. I don't know. I mean, was just the athlete turned step? actor. It doesn't necessarily oh. have to be a wrestler. Okay. Although it but could like, be John Cena. Who knows? Yeah. He's been in a lot of things at this point. Yeah, it could be John Cena. John Cena. John Cena. Um, I think I have an answer. Now, there's a lot of possible answers. Um, Shout out to uh, Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown, who was in. Uh, do you remember the movie Mars Attacks? Oh, God. Yes, beautifully cringe from the mid '90s. I love that film so much. Um, You have other examples: Uh, Kevin Garnett in Uncut Gems. Let's go, KG. Uncut Um, Gems. Dave Batista, Guardians of the Galaxy. Spectre, I think, was the the Bond film he was in. There's a lot of good options. But my I feel choice. Like, I feel Go like ahead. Batista, as as good as he was in the in WWE, I feel like he generally was probably just better off as an actor entirely. Like his hmm. his acting catalog is so much. It's it, his UFC catalog. In the UFC his WWE catalog is impressive, but like his acting catalog itself too is insane. Like yeah, I feel like a lot of people would probably answer Arnold or The Rock. For this. Both good choices. But my choice. Is Terry Crews. Mm -hmm. Terry Crews. Who was drafted by the LA Rams. In the 11th round of the 1991 NFL draft. Number one. Absolutely counts. For this. But you might think. Like oh. Okay I mean he's been. He's been in a lot of stuff. You know, you go to his filmography page. There's there's quite a bit there for Terry Crews. However, what I would choose Terry Crews for is not what I think a lot of people would be expecting. I would nominate Terry Crews off the strength of the syndicated television show Battle Dome. Battle Dome... Wait, I think I know this. 
It was a knockoff American Gladiators show. There is a great video out there on YouTube. All you have to do is search Battle Dome. It's the top um, result uh, by the channel Wrestling Bios, which if you're a wrestling fan, that's a must-follow YouTube channel if you're not already there. And he covers the entirety of the Battle Dome and WCW crossover where this knockoff American Gladiator show thought, how can we get attention? And it's if we have a crossover with World Championship Wrestling, which included Terry Crews appearing multiple times on WCW television in character as T-Money, which was his name on Battledome, because, of course, on those shows, everyone had had names. You know, like on American Gladiators, you had... I don't know. Think of a think of a name, Nitro and Fury and shit like that. Except Battle Dome had the Commander and Pain, P A Y N E, and Bubba King. <laughs> it is a beautifully shit knockoff TV show, and Terry Crews deserves an Oscar, an Emmy, and a Golden Globe. All, all at the same time. Just just schmelt them down into one. And give Terry Crews the respect he deserves. Endo, who's your favorite uh, <laughs> athlete turned actor? Probably the Baptista. That's fair. Because he's just had multiple roles of different things. And he does it very, very well. Which is good. Mm. That is true. As I almost Not like The Rock. Who is just the rock in everything he does. The the tooth fairy, he's the rock on hockey skates. Um what's the other one? The the pacifier. Is that him or is that fucking I think, no, that, was, no. I think that was Triple H. That's Vin Diesel. Okay. Was, oh, that was Vin Diesel, yeah. That was Vin Diesel. Thanks, Polina, for looking at me weird. <laughs> there you were. You can give me a glance. You mean you don't want Dwayne Johnson in what was it, Jungle Cruise or whatever the fuck? Was it Jungle Cruise or was jungle it Jungle to Jungle? I don't know. Oh, he was in Jumanji. That's what it was. Yeah. No, Jumanji he was in Jungle was... Cruise too. Okay. There we go. Yeah. There, you there go. we go. It's just The Rock. It's just himself. Yeah. The only time, <sighs> the only time The Rock has ever acted it was when he's when he's playing as Hollywood Hawk. Hollywood, Hollywood Rock. Hollywood Hawk. That's it. Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood Cock. <laughs> oh, God. If it's some... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, goodness. We'll go to our next question. Why not? From uh, AJ, an actual hockey question. With Arshdeep Baines potentially making his NHL debut tonight for the Vancouver Canucks, who is your favorite feel-good undrafted player story? It can be from your particular team or just... In general, is there anybody for the Leafs that you, that jumps out to you as someone who was a, I don't know, a bit of a long shot to make it? Did did Kyle Bond ever actually end up playing for the Leafs? I know he was with them, but did he suit up for a game for the Leafs? He did I, not. Uh, well, 
technically speaking, a prospect of the Maple Leaf system is Justin Brazo, who scored in his first NHL game. With the Bruins now, a guy that I had seen play a couple of times for the Maine Mariners. Yeah, he was a solid guy. I mean, he's six foot fucking eight, so, you know. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a big dude, and yeah, scored uh, in his first NHL game. His uh, his first goal, his first game. Yeah. The Bruins yeah. win. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. The Bruins haven't been too hot after the uh, restart from the All Star break, but hey, Justin Brazo scored, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of tough to think about. Like, okay, like the greatest kind of players to have like the greatest undrafted players or even not even necessarily the greatest undrafted players, but just notable undrafted players that might have had, you know, some crazy obstacles to overcome to actually get to the NHL. Um, Bobby McMahon. Yeah. Current Bobby McMahon was not drafted, uh, but I think the best one was Trevor Moore, who like is now like a mainstay with uh with the Kings. So Right. Cuz he got an invite off of camp to get to join and then from there it was like, "Oh, we don't really expect him to, you know, go that far." So let me see if I can find exactly uh his profile. There we go. Yeah, Trevor Moore is making 4.2 million for the guy. next like 5 years. Good deal. I don't have too much to add because I'm trying to to look back at some of like the previous Bruins seasons, sure. especially. And uh, I don't know. It's tough because a lot of guys are. I'm like, oh yeah, it didn't quite work out, but they have good stories. It's like, oh, they were drafted, so it's it's tough on on occasion to find those actual long shots. Bobby McMahon's a good shout though. He has looked awesome for the Leafs. Yeah. Uh, in the aftermath of the All Star break, uh, for, and now just in general for, like he's got like what McMahon's got like the more he's got the same amount of points he had now they did before the break. He was also like sat as well too. Like he spent time going up and down, uh, with the Leafs and the Marlies, um, yeah, for the entirety of the season, just up and down, up and down, up and down. I'm just glad he finally was able to stay up. You know, it, it just this conversation has made me think back to um, a set of books by Ken Reed that I haven't actually gotten the chance to to read yet. But he had the book um, One Night Only, which covers guys who only played in one uh, NHL game. And then he also had another book that covered people who only scored one goal. Um, and I'm sure those particular uh, those particular books have great examples. Um for me, I don't know, like Bobby Robbins came to mind for the Bruins. Um, like he made his NHL debut, got in a fight with Luke Shen. I think suffered a concussion in that game and only played like two more games. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of different stories like that. But yeah, that's a that's a loaded question. There's also another one recently with uh, I think Rempel because uh, he got into a fight with Matt Martin of all people. Mm. During the um, oh um, Rempe? Matt Rempe during the yeah uh, Rempe. Rempe during the the stadium series. Which did you 
watch any of that, by the way, either of the two games? Uh, no, but I saw uh, a Tommy the Vito reference with the little hand yeah. going there. Uh, Giants legend, Tommy about. DeVito. Definitely. Oof. Yeah, good uh, shout to uh, Matt Rempe, who he was a sixth round pick, so like you, you, you did get drafted, but still a sixth round player within three years getting your first NHL game. That's impressive. Yeah, he was I mean, a, yeah, AJ and WHL player. So congrats to you. Like he, he is I'm looking at this like point output here like when he played in the dub and the a wasn't that bad i mean his last year he had 23 points for the six games 93 penalty minutes he's probably just like mostly an enforcer you know hmm. average half a point a game in the playoffs so pretty good and thinking about the that series of games which i didn't watch too much of the stadium series um rempe was probably the highlight outside of like the rangers come back against the Islanders, but he became the first player to debut at an outdoor game. And literally like after a second on the ice, uh, ended up fighting Matt Martin. And, you know, you were kind of mentioning like his goal scoring pace, his hockey fights page is, uh, significantly more expansive, uh, than anything points wise. He, uh, he likes to fight. Yeah. A lot. That Matt Martin fight, uh, was his eighth fight of the year already <laughs> yeah. so uh he, he, dro- he drops the gloves on, hey, dude, uh, let's check his uh let's check his fight rating live on nhl 24 oh god yeah i'll have you load that up don't make me do that please but yeah that that'll be that'll be the good test is uh i think my i, I really try not crap. to think about nhl ratings right now because they're just they're never good yeah i'll do that they're right never after. good yeah, if you can look that up, feel free. Uh, I'll get to our next question from AJZ. What's one player on a rival team that you despise but respect? And while Endo looks up the the Matt Rempe information, make sure it's the most recent roster update, by the way, from them. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, I don't really view hockey in a way where I'm like, oh, here's this guy on the Montreal Canadiens. I'm a Bruins fan, so I hate that team. And I especially hate this guy. Like, I just don't really view it that way anymore. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'll never really root for the Habs. Um, I won't be cheering in the streets if they were to win a Stanley Cup. But there's not necessarily that guy where I'm like, yeah, screw that guy. Um, I mean, it depends on who you call the Bruins rival at this point. Like, we've had that conversation before, too. There are some players that I think are incredibly cheap and dirty players, but um, I don't know. I, I don't really view hockey the same way as I used to as to where I'm like, oh, Matt Cook, what a scumbag, or Mike Ribeiro, what a scumbag. Like I don't really view it that way anymore. And yeah, uh, I feel like over time, I kind of just disassociated from the whole my sports team is the best sports team and fuck your sports team mentality yeah. that affects a lot of North American or just not even just more North American, but just Everybody. sports fans in general on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, you know, I can appreciate the sport and the art of the ho- of hockey and how it's played. And I was looking up right here. Who are the farm team for the, uh, Hartford. thing again, 
Uh, right, Hartford, Hartford Wolfpack. Wolfpack. Going, going. Rampe. Let's see. Edit see player. Drum roll, please. He's a 69 overall. Nice. Um, and let's see. Skater details. No, let's wait. I can reveal this live on the actual thing as well, too, because I'm using uh, using it often. They got one right. Hey, look at that. They did it. Yeah, they did it. They're improving. It, it, all it took was dozens and dozens and hundreds of hundreds of examples that I've sent them to be like, hey, you should fix this for them to finally start getting stuff right. Imagine. And Time to never open this game up again. There we go. There you go. Xbox From off. the ghost of Gary Bettman, what are your favorite genres of viral videos, i.e. dash cams, cats, Karens? <laughs> you know, it's a good one. I just found this subgenre of like kids getting hurt, but not like, well, like to the point that we're actually like hurt, hurt, but like, you know, falling over and all that. Kids in, uh, Mirror, mirror mazes running straight into the mirror itself. That's the greatest because <laughs> I noticed when you're a kid, you, you, you lean with your head, right? Your head's always the first thing to go. <laughs> so they just fucking bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and it's always like a hollow sound. They go, boom. My favorite is always. The parents who are trying not to laugh. There. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, <laughs> just guts in the next video. <laughs> oh, man. I'm That's trying me. to think because like, I'm not one to like scroll TikTok a ton. Um, part of me wanted to troll and be like, oh, any video that has the fucking lady TikTok AI voice. Lol. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. I like, fucking hate that so much. I think everybody does. Um I'll just just, just give me videos of cute dogs, man. That that's it. That's that's what I want to see is just cute dogs doing cute things. That that's what I'm here for at this point. I don't have a great answer for that because again, I don't I don't watch a ton of stuff like that. I don't search out dash cam videos or anything like that. Um, watching crazy people do crazy shit. I'm like, eh, I don't need it. From Roussel, if you could guarantee your favorite team would win at least five Stanley Cups in your lifetime, would you do it if you were forced to work at McDonald's? I'm looking no. for a job. <laughs> I want money, okay? I'd do it. You want money and you'd get Stanley Cups out of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't really get any benefit. I didn't win the cup. I didn't do anything. I didn't get the pay bonus. I just have a job. Right. And I need well, that's a why job. I won't do it because I don't I, I don't care enough about championships to be like, cool, let me take a job where the employer doesn't really give a shit about you. Where customers are going to talk to you and treat you like garbage. Fair enough. And I have to smell like french fries all the time. 
it's to me it's just it's just not worth the it's just not worth the Stanley Cup. I can really well. the only people I could see accepting this are people who have never seen their team win. I can't imagine a Tampa Bay Lightning fan being like, "Fuck yeah, give me five more cups," you know. Like if you're like a lawyer in Tampa, you're not trading in your job for five more Stanley Cups to work at McDonald's. You're not doing it. Am I wrong? Now you got a point there. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> My answer is no. Our final question. In honor of Curb Your Enthusiasm, have you ever seen a single episode of that show? Yes. Is I haven't. I Yeah, I haven't. All I know is that Larry it's, David is a is a bald man. It's just what what happened to Larry David randomly in his fucking 30s kind of thing. Huh. That's 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 all what Curb is. It's all what really Seinfeld is too. Like it's just what it what happened to Larry David or right. like, you know, like cuz Kramer is an actual guy. Mhm. Like he's a he was a real person named Kramer. And they're like, "Oh, we got to keep the name." It's like, "Well, I want all these things." It's like, "Well, I don't know if I can do it." I'll just just give them the name, whatever. Just do whatever you want. Mm. Kramer. What is a pet peeve? You have that people do that you'd be most likely to confront them over. So what is a pet peeve that somebody has where you'd be like, hey, I'm going to confront you over this pet peeve because it's annoying me or annoying other people. Existing. Um, I don't know. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. I don't have an answer for the side. <laughs> like, I got a, I got a few. Um, kids on the subway who can afford $200 jeans and like a $500 sneaker, but can't afford like $20 headphones. So they play all their music like that. Like whenever in the street. Okay. That that's fair. Yeah. People just openly listening to their phones in public places. Yeah, that's fair. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can do is agree. Like, yeah, no, something like that works. For the most part, like, I feel like for me, it's just, I feel like it goes beyond pet peeve. Like, if it's bad enough or annoying enough or disruptive enough that it's worth confronting you over, it's no longer a pet peeve and you're being yeah. a dick, you know? Like, to me, a pet peeve is something that's very unserious. You know, whether or not, because I've been told the biggest pet peeve a lot of people have about my channel, other than it's subpar quality, is the the, the lip smacking. Yeah. Because I get, I, I have a moist mouth. I'm sorry. I do. And, uh, hey, it's, I just, I can't help it if you don't want me to be choking on my, my salivia. It's <laughs> what I have to do. Choking what is this show right table. now? Where are we? What's happening? How old am I? <laughs> it's great. Oh. It's something. It is something. That's all I can say. Thank you, everybody, for the barrage of questions. I don't know how much actual hockey we have to talk about. Yeah. Which is the big problem. Um, the only things I really had noted down... Was that Matthew Nye's dunked on the Coyotes, which 
who the hell doesn't? You know, he was asked by, or David Alter mentioned a quote, Matthew Nye saying he'll have about 50, 60 people going uh, to the game where the Leafs play the Coyotes. Nye saying, quote, which is probably a section in that arena. Oh, fucking got him. Because people hate the Coyotes and we've been over that and it's it's boring. Although people will um, praise them when they announce their direct-to-consumer streaming service called Coyote Central. Uh, which, yeah, 25 bucks, and you get to watch every Coyotes game for the rest of the year because the whole Valley sports fiasco going on in the U.S. But it's not news to be like, oh, somebody dunked on the Coyotes. It's not news to be like, holy shit, did you see that game between uh, Minnesota and scoring Soda and scoring 10 goddamn goals against Vancouver? And it was nuts, and it's like, that was nuts. It's a fun game. There you go. That's what there is to talk about. Or we can talk about how Austin Matthews scores a lot of goals. Boy, that sure is breaking news that one of the best goal scorers in the NHL is still one of the best goal scorers in the NHL. I mean, it is nuts. Don't get me wrong. He has 49 goals in 53 games. But when that's the entire discourse is like, hey, Austin Matthews is pretty good at scoring goals, isn't he? It's like, yeah. Yes. That's yeah. what he's paid for. Yep. He, next, he gets like, paid almost $12 million a season, <laughs> and next year gets paid 13 and a quarter. Yeah. That's what he's paid to do. The only real thing that I could come up with was PWHL related, and it does have to do with Toronto, and that was the fact that the game between Montreal and Toronto uh, put over 18,000 people into Scotiabank Arena to watch that particular game, which, in regards to the PWHL, I'm really glad this season has been what it's been. But I am still really worried about what comes next and if the league can sustain it without screwing it up. Because it feels like this is that situation where it's like, oh, you, you can't screw this up. You have more goodwill, more of a spotlight on the women's game than we've ever seen. Please don't fuck it up over the next little bit. Please don't. Yeah. Um, but that's just, I suppose, my pessimistic kind of viewpoint of just seeing the history of the women's game and organized leagues and not being able to make the most of the the situation and the platform. Uh, that they have and this is chief among them i mean we have seen the attendance record for women's professional games broken three times already in this first season they just they can't squander it and i really really hope that they don't um but we're not going to know for the next couple of seasons at this point you know we saw the the first ever trade happen in league history not all that long ago um Two days ago, we saw Ottawa um, release uh, Michaela Grant Mentis, who uh, was a free agent out of camp. So, I mean, we're seeing, you know, the, the transactional aspect of the league start to kind of take shape and what that might look like. But there's all the promise of, OK, things are looking good from a spotlight on the league, but just just don't screw it up now they're not. As much as I'm enjoying the league now, it's just a nervous uh, energy of like, just just don't 
screw it up. Please make make the most of this opportunity. Not the players, but the people, you know, in control of the league and organizing the league. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say here. The big the big thing is the Canadian teams will always have the support. Because mm. Canada loves hockey. And <clears throat> I think the bigger one is the American teams. Um for example, the New York team who doesn't play in New York has had attendance issues from what I've seen compared to the rest of the league. It's also weird because not every arena has the same capacity because the the Toronto team plays out of Mattamy, which is 2,500 people at mm-hmm. max. Which next year, they're probably going to be moving to Rico, which is eight capacity. The Marlies have averaged four to 5,000 a game which is pretty pretty good, pretty decent. They're like mid-range for attendance. Granted, the Marlies aren't really doing the best in their positioning for the Calder Cup, and their playoff structure is really, really weird because of how the divisions work. But anyway, it, it all depends on, again, staying power and if those teams can like stay there. Because, you know, their initial plan with having six teams was, you know, set up the... the, the the foundation, granted, most of them are on like the east side of the country. So then, chances are they'll go from east and sweep downwards and move more over west and have more players that way. But, like you said, it's all about building up the foundation, having you know a core fan base and core amount of people. I think they could have had more teams if they waited longer. But I think the thing about them deciding to you know get the ball rolling immediately is a good thing and a bad thing because one, not all teams have a, their own like distinct identities Two, no one knows who makes the goddamn jerseys. I believe they're like K one replica jerseys from what I've been, from what I've seen online. Mm. But you know, even the, the player jerseys are like sublimated. They're not stitched from what, from what I've like heard about them. And which is like, you know, quality issue, whatever they like, you know, if you're a major sports league in North America, save for like the MLS, your jersey should be stitched. Mm. That's 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 the way I see it. But that's like little nitpicks here and there. Um, I just hope that uh, viewership retention goes up. And if they stick to their idea of having PWHL games uh, free to watch on uh, on YouTube. Will be big too. So I know they have like their TV deal with, I believe it's TSN has the, yeah. the rights for them. Yeah, TSN yeah. has the rights for them. Um, they give them a very, very like simple broadcast package, which I mean, you don't really need that much realistically. Um, but yeah, I just hope that they have um, staying power because it's good for the sport, it's good for people who want to watch. And can, you know, watch pro hockey for an affordable price. Like when they had 18,000 people inside Scotiabank Arena, it was it was a hugely different vibe than what it was for a Leafs game. Like not only did they win three nothing, they were loud. They were like making noise. People were in ge- genuinely having fun. And it's crazy to think, to think what happens when you don't price out your fans out of your home games and have them basically be forced to either drive up four hours or cross the border to watch 
their favorite team play for an affordable price. I was going to mention that too. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway that I had from that particular game was just the reaction of a lot of people being like, I wish this is what Leaf games could be like in terms of that atmosphere, because it could be. That's always the biggest complaint about Leafs games is just how corporate it yep. is with all of the company seats, all of the suits, especially lower down and the heavy effect that it has on the atmosphere mm-hmm. for those games where, you know, people have said it like, hey, the real fans are the ones stuck outside. And what the hell is it called when it's the Leafs? Because I know when it's the Raptors, it's Jurassic Park. But what the hell yeah, is it called? Yeah, I think it's just called Maple Leaf Square. Okay, there you go. I thought they had a cool name for it, but I, no. I lied. It was like the Ford like fan area, whatever the fuck it was. It's Fair just enough. Maple Leaf Square. It's always but, it's always been. There you go. Regardless, yeah. um, I, I can't help but agree with that, right? I think... You know, you you look at maybe some of the Leafs' struggles in the the playoffs. You don't want to say like, "Oh, well, if just certain people had been, you know, in the arena and the atmosphere had been better, that results may have gone their way." But you can't totally discount that either. The effect that the in arena atmosphere can have on a game and how it plays out, it can be a very, very big factor. I mm-hmm. think back, I mean, I mentioned the 2019 Blue Stanley Cup win. Um, there was a really nervous energy for Game 7, which was in TD Garden. And when the Blues scored first, it knocked the crowd out of that game for a really long time. And lo and behold, the Blues are able to to win it pretty convincingly. And I do wonder for the Leafs in some of the situations that they've had you know, the series against the Bruins, chances to close it out at home, other options, you know, this past year against um, Florida, would they have done better at home had it not been, you know, the different suits there and stuff? I, I don't know Who, who's to say for sure, but it does make you wonder at least. But I also don't see a change happening anytime soon in that no. regard. It's just there's just no way. Like it makes you wonder if there was like um if they were to implement like a a dedicated like fan section where like those tickets are cheaper, but then you also run the risk of I know like in certain like sports teams they have they they do have a supportive section where you have to sign up for their program and then the tickets are given out like maybe like the day of the game or whatever. Like that's one of the ways to, you know, try to like have a fan section there. I know the Clippers with their new arena, they have like a dedicated fan section. Like their the arena is still not ready to go, but it's like almost done being built. And they have a whole section just for like home just for the home team fans so that way they don't get like priced out and they don't so that way there's always some sort of support like dedicated fans. Kind of like football. I don't know like TFC has like the Reds and that section is just loud the entire game and just make it as much noise as possible. It would be cool if, you know, more major sports had that, especially in Toronto, where again, priced out, cheaper to just go somewhere else and go watch a game. Like like I've said before, it would be cheaper for me to fly to like any city, almost any major city, grab leave tickets 
and then fly back that same day than it would be to watch a Leaf game here in Toronto. Right. Yeah, I think I, I think even if you had that, there'd be some way that scalpers would ruin it. Yeah. You know, um, you mentioned like MLS and it works in MLS in soccer culture. Like I think to LAFC and they have um, their supporters section, which is all uh, safe standing. So basically the idea of, hey, everyone's standing. There's no seats, but safe standing is essentially you have rails so that people can't fucking collapse onto one another. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they have the uh, what is it? The three, two, five, two. I think that's the number that is there. It's like the capacity of that safe standing section. And it's the idea of like, yeah, hey, this is these are the diehards. This is the the loudest section in the game. You used to have that with the Oakland Raiders and the uh, the black hole. You know, if you are old enough to remember the Raiders and, you know, number one, when they were where they should be in Oakland, um, you would have all the pictures of people in these fucking skull masks and sh- fucking spiked shoulder pads like they're one of the fucking road warriors of wrestling <laughs> fame and shit. Like, I just I can't imagine that scenario in hockey, but especially at a Leafs game with how with how corporate it is like just to send you a picture really quickly. Um, I just put it in our little chat here. Like, I can't yeah, really um, envision a scenario of what like the Raiders had when they were in Oakland and they might still technically have it in Vegas, but let's be honest. It's not the same. Yeah. Um, I just can't really imagine that kind of presence at, at hockey games in the U S at least, you know, I talked about when I went to Finland uh, a year ago and I got to go to a league game, how they had the, the ultra section basically and how they were consistently the loudest throughout the game. And just what a cool atmosphere that was. And, you know, it'd be great for Leafs regular season games. I can't imagine in the playoffs if you didn't have all the suits there and could actually just have that atmosphere throughout the entire arena. I mean, not too many teams would be able to match that. But hey, it is what it is. Yeah. (sighs) Maybe someday. There's not much you can do, like... I'm surprised that MLSC hasn't looked at what the Jays, well, what the Rogers has done with the Jays. Because mm. because I believe, was it? Yeah, like it's a 50-50 ownership with the with Bell and Rogers who own the Jays, which is mm. absolutely insane. I'm surprised those two can come together for something other than gouging out people's phone. Uh, phone prices and internet prices to extremely high amounts of money, but right. we have cup holders now, so I guess that's the reason why. Um, go. I'm surprised they didn't take a book out of uh, take a page out of their book where they have the like the the WestJet fan deck area where it's just all standing room. I know the the Leafs give out tickets for the Ford fan deck up on like the 500 level where you can sit down and you know watch 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 the game free uh you have to win tickets for it though it's like a sign up giveaway kind of thing um i know they have that but it's it, the chances of winning that are super slim because how many people apply and right. sign up for like the giveaway and i've never won it i'm not salty at all at all whatsoever no not me <laughs> um 
it's just I'm surprised that they just really haven't tried ways to innovate, you know, to get the fans in there. Because the only time I've heard them loud, like super loud, was when there was a girl doing um like a like an intermission game and, and the crowd got super fucking loud. And I'm like, that's the loudest I've heard that building genuinely in a long time because of how <laughs> crazy expensive everything is. Like I've right. mentioned the story uh, on this here a couple months ago where I have a buddy on my hockey team who went to a Leaf game in the lower bowl and he was cheering and people were getting mad at him because he was loud because the Leafs just scored a goal. And he's like, you're being too loud. I'm like, I'm trying to enjoy the fucking game. He's like, I'm trying to make a business call right here. Like, it's mm. stupid. <sighs> but hey, they're a rich team. So they got they got that going for them. They're worth a lot of money. I just think it's not even a rich team. It's just a rich company that runs it. I mean, it's a part of the Ontario's Teachers Pensions Plan. And the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan is like the biggest union in like North America, if not the world. Like they got like serious power. They own parts of Ubisoft. They own parts of different other companies. It's crazy. It's nuts. Well, with that, everybody, we'll look to wind things down for this show. I don't know what this was, but I hope people enjoyed it. Um, my favorite part of the show was talking about porno grind. Personally, I think we peaked there. <laughs> I like the way too you talked about sex and other things for a long time. A long time. What's him coming back? Oh boy! <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Uh, we might not be getting him back, to be honest. I mean, he might yeah. just he might just stay over there if he can. We'll see what yeah. happens. I think he would. He, I think I think honestly, he he's been dropping subtle hints on Twitter, and <laughs> I don't think he's coming back. Well, if you want to follow his uh, Finnish escapades, you can do so at Sim for the Win Prod, Sin FTW Prod, and of course, Sim for the Win Productions on the YouTube side of things. Endo. What do you have going on right now that you want to make people aware of? Um, I'm going to play hockey tonight. That's it. Um, I updated stuff on my channel a few weeks ago about um, possibly doing, you know, more GoPro stuff. I can't find my GoPro. Hmm. It's somewhere around here. I, I keep seeing. Excuse me. I keep seeing it. And then, like, I'm like, oh, here it is. I'll put it over here. And then I don't put it where I say I'm going to put it. And then I just can't find it. So I'm going to try and find it today. Uh, probably after we record this podcast. And go look around and get things hooked up. And, you know, start going and recording and putting stuff out there. I want to record my team's playoff run. Because we start next week. And I want to get that going for content. Which would be fun. In the meantime, I am uh, continuing to grind out a whole lot of uh, NCAA football content, um, which I will continue to be playing in the meantime, uh, at least until I'm going to be the show comes out, because I really I don't want to give the WWE any of my money for their new video game, even though we have fun on that video game every year. The company's fucking gross. So I think I might abstain this year. Mm -hmm. we'll, uh, I have an idea. We'll Okay, I'm intrigued. Get it on, get it on PC. I don't want to get it at all. <laughs> all right, uh, pander to your fans, um, and for a PC copy of it. 
We'll see what happens. Somebody did that before in terms of being like, hey, I want to see you play this game. Here you go. But uh, I will. Fuck, why not? Happy birthday. Jesus. There you go, right? I guess so. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Uh, I should get. Uh, I should have some money coming in. So who knows? I'll just buy it for your birthday. Whatever. We'll see what happens. Happy we'll birthday. see you next time, everybody, where I'll be a man. I'll be 30. That's going to be weird. We'll talk about that next time. Until then, I'm old, and we'll see you next time. Like a Sharpay puppet, old-looking fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Ric Flair! (laughs) (laughs) Butt-sucking...